Hello world. My name is Patrick Price. I'm a new father, a producer, a designer, an artist, and so much more. And I'm finally stepping out of my comfort zone and into the spotlight with the Tuesday special podcast. I sit down with my closest friends, business partners, fellow wrestling fans, and complete strangers for one-on-one conversations about anything and everything. I feel that every episode is a journey of life and laughter that will either entertain or teach you. Let's all join together in this journey. Welcome to the Tuesday Special Podcast. You said we already knew, more or less. Well, here's Hello once again everyone. Did you see Game of Thrones this week? Did you see it? It's amazing. Amazing. But past that, this is the Tuesday special podcast. Thank you for checking it out. Uh, I got many podcast episodes before this, 19 to be exact. If you want to go check out some of my other interviews, you're more than welcome to, but wait till after you listen to this awesome conversation with one of my good friends, sometimes controversial, always speaks his mind professional wrestling journeyman, Corey Hollis. Uh, We get into a lot about his professional wrestling career, more than I intended to. Uh, But this was also uh, my opportunity to bring Corey on and talk to him about wrestling business and his theories on how wrestlers uh, should present themselves. And uh, me and him have talked about it a lot in the past, and I finally just said, listen, you know what? We have these awesome conversations that people could probably possibly learn from or just have fun listening to. And we, Let's record it on one of my episodes of the podcast. And he said, uh, yeah, I'm down. Uh, unfortunately, Corey lives in Alabama. I live in North Carolina. We won't see each other till next weekend, and I wanted to get this out as soon as I could. So this is my first episode where I won't be live face-to-face with the person I'm interviewing. It is over the telephone. Uh, Let me know if you like it or not. With this medium, I can do many, many more interviews with many, many more people. Uh, I don't have to wait. Now, the majority of my interviews, I promise you, will be face-to-face both of us having a mic looking at each other because that's my favorite kind uh that's my favorite way of doing an interview but this one was not although it was still an amazing talk amazing conversation and i had so much fun talking to Corey. and this is on the heels i I touch on it kind of uh Corey's done a few podcasts he's been one that doesn't do many podcasts i heard him on on one not too long ago and uh, i didn't want to re-replicate that I wanted to uh, give you another side of Corey Hollis. But before we jump into the episode, I want to give a big shout out to my sponsors, uh, Cabarrus Brewing Company. Cabarrus Brewing has been with me since day one, and I do a lot with them. They do a lot with me, and I love everyone at that brewery. If you're ever in the Concord area, check out 329 McGill Avenue in Concord, North Carolina. If you just want to go buy some cool stuff or find out what kind of good beer they have, you can check out their website at cabarrusbrewing.com. And also another shout out to my other sponsor, Threadforge Apparel. Uh, I heard Brad's getting, he, he had some issues. They uh, kind of ha- had an overload on orders and uh, they got caught up. They're, uh, according to their Facebook page, they're about to kick back up, get it rolling again. So hopefully some new Tuesday special shirts come out. 
Uh, if you want to buy one, I haven't got anywhere to set up. I'm redesigning the website this week. Hopefully it's up by the time this goes out. So go, go over to TuesdaySpecial.com, check it out. And uh, while you're doing that, head on over to ThreadForge.co. So ThreadForge, T-H-R-E-A-D-F-O-R-G-E dot C-O. Check them out. Brad's a cool dude, and they print amazing stuff. Business is done. It's time to get into the interview. This is my talk with the one and only Corey Hollis. Oh, really? Uh, it's Christina Applegate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. But it's not, it's kind of like, it's, it's comedy, but it's a drama comedy. So it's like really like, has its intense moments and it has its funny moments. And me and Lauren been watching it. Nice. What, uh, yeah. what's your favorite show on Netflix? Ever? Like right now. It depends on the mood. Uh, like it's 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 a common known f- fact with us, but not to the general public. That like you oh, you and your wife are a Netflix fiends. Like if I need any information, like any information on any shows pertaining to Netflix or that are on Netflix, or I'm looking for a new show, I just go to Corey and Lauren. <laughs> oh, we're already starting. Yeah. <laughs> oh damn! I thought we were just talking. No, that's how that's how I start them all. Like we just start, we just talk. Oh. It, like it picks up in the middle of a. I appreciate you listening to the podcast, oh. Corey. <laughs> but uh, no, it just picks up in the middle of the like a middle of a conversation instead of instead of busting on like the usual of. Uh, all right, I'm here with Corey Hollis on the phone. <laughs> I didn't know. No, but I didn't I'm gonna, know we were starting I, right away. Yeah, and I'm gonna keep uh. I'm gonna keep all this just so you know. <laughs> like this is gonna be all the right, opening well. of the episode. But yeah, but yeah. So, so in your opinion, if you, if you, if you had to suggest a Netflix show right now, outside of the one that you were just telling me about, because I'm gonna check that out tonight after I watch Game of Thrones, um, what what would you suggest? Ah uh, man, there's so many. Like, I don't know. I always go with what I'm feeling in that mood. Like, Bloodline is really good. The Ranch is really good. Designated Survivor is going to be coming on to Netflix this summer. That's really good. Uh, but not just like Netflix, like Hulu. There's good stuff on Hulu. Uh, um, that Dark Side of the Ring documentary just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I just had it on my head. Oh, there's a show on Paramount Network called Yellowstone. It has Kevin Costner. And, that, and it comes back this summer, and it's really freaking good. I would, how do you? What's the Paramount Network? Is that like uh, all Paramount it's, movies? What DNA used to be on it's the former former Spike TV? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, so it took over. That's what Spike TV is called now. Yeah, it's oh, Paramount. Gotcha. You know, like the movie company. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, so I'm see I'm here with Corey Hollis. If, if those of you who didn't, there's hear, a real one. Yeah, they, they, those of you who didn't hear the uh, intro that I did uh, for this episode, or looked at the episode you pulled up on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify, I did, have you ever thought about doing a podcast, Corey? Like not like starting a podcast and talking about it. My buddy, uh, 
Well, I've been told I have that radio voice, but my buddy told me uh, that I should have a wrestling podcast, have wrestlers on there, and just bury them the whole time. I was like, no, oh, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. I like, <laughs> it was like when that whole Ron Burgundy podcast that just came out, Dude. when uh, that was coming out and I showed him that, he was like, you should have a wrestling podcast, but you just bury everybody. Yeah, if someone like, cre- if someone can recreate, like me and you might be able to do it. Let me produce it. You can just be the talent to talk. If we could recreate the Ron Burgundy podcast in wrestling form, that's money. Oh man, so oh, much yeah. money. <laughs> just imagine me saying, "Hey, so why don't why do you think you're not signed?" <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm gonna see if you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, I already got our first guest right there. <laughs> yeah. <Let's jog> it. <laughs> Let's make a phone call. But yeah, so <laughs> you you do have a radio voice. I've never really thought of that until you just said it. But you do yeah, have, you I've get that, that like times. raspy, uh, you sound like you smoked your entire life, but I know, I know you don't and you never have. But yeah, uh, it's got that, it's the, I don't know. I, sometimes I wish I had a voice like that. It's taken me a long time to work oh, on well. this voice. When I first you wish you could have talent like me too, but look I do. At you. I do. When I first when I first started podcasting or just broadcast radio, or broadcasting in general, I'd I'd talk like this right here all the time, and it's yeah. just and uh, yeah. And remember, we're recording, so whenever you hear uh, my little guy start screaming or yell out, don't start cussing him. I'm gonna tell him to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Corey Corey I'm loves the kids, to get a guys. Job to shut up. Corey loves the kids. So, so we've known each other for roughly ten years, rough some something like that. Two thousand yeah. since two thousand. Well, it's been eight years because since two thousand eleven, right? I thought that or two thousand ten. I can't remember. I think two thousand eleven is when I started. Two thousand eleven through two thousand thirteen was Evo. Okay, I think I believe so. My my time like my timetable in my head is horrible, but. Yeah. And and you were before you like I me mean, when I did an episode with Corky Franks, uh, he explained to me like getting not really the all the cool part of getting into Evo or just, but his mindset when he got to Evo, and you I think you went did you come to Evo first or did you go to PWX first or back Evo. then it was PWS. It was Evo. So did, how did? I'm trying to think of how I found out about you guys when we when I originally brought you in, but maybe Cedric. Probably, yeah, because I know I did some Ring of Honor stuff with Cedric. Because I was already doing Ring of Honor. Me and him both were already doing Ring of Honor stuff, which was probably wild to think about now. As far as we were, as we were only like two or three years then, and then uh, it was, we kind of we talked a lot. I think it was that WrestleMania weekend. Uh, it was Atlanta. Uh, we really got to know each other because we were just hanging out and had time all day to just sit there and chill and talk, and we were just watching wrestling and went from there. So, yeah, I what, think that... What a lot of people don't know that. is a lot of the talent that came through Evo and eventually ended up in PWX or that came through PWX was connections to either Cedric, Jake Manning, or Caleb Conley. I think those were the yeah. three that would suggest people that I trusted. And, well, Zach, Zach Quan or Zach Salvation. It might have been Zach. Did you were you familiar with Zach? Did you, did you met Zach before? No, I didn't. I didn't. Even, I didn't even know who Zach was. And 
don't get mad at me about this, but I didn't know who Zach was until after I won the Evo 8 and then he was in the ring with me. Oh, really? Like, and I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way or anything. I just I wasn't aware. Yeah, you know, well, Zach was not, not to make this about Zach. Zach had gotten big in South Carolina through CWA uh, mm-hmm. when they had their big run, when they were doing the stuff with Impact, or not Impact, but uh, TNA. And then yeah. he, uh, I think his big his big claim to fame was when he wrestled Daniel uh, Brian Danielson or Daniel Brian at the Fan Fest in Charlotte. Oh, okay. And that was that was. Yeah, I mean, the height. I, I mean, I mean, after that, Zach was always cool with me. I mean, yeah, Zach's a uh, super nice guy. But Zach, Zach back. has Zach yeah. and another person that we know very closely have the same, uh, the same uh, fault faulty. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The same, the same uh, pro- issues, not not like oh, no, issues, yeah. not personal issues, but just like uh, sometimes egotistical is- issues, not not understood. Profe- like, not- professional growth issues. Yeah, and they, but they, they have both uh, come very far in where yeah. they were when we first began. But uh, and yeah, we, and yeah. don't get us wrong, we're not hypocrites. We we've had our issues too. We still do every once in a while, but. Uh, but yeah, so uh, our journey went through Evo and then uh, to PWX, and you've been one of the. I mean, I know Jake, Caleb, and Cedric were like the originals, but yeah. you you were you were one of the closest too, right? Oh, I like I like to think that I've like I'm one of the constants. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like, you know, I, it's funny because John and and uh, Walters and, and Casey kind of like a dot and like, you know, Stevie and, mm-hmm. and Chad. Yeah. They all kind of like adopted me as a Carolinian, you know, I guess yeah. that's what you say it. You know, I'm from Alabama, but you know, a lot of it is like, I was known everywhere I went or everywhere I do go for a lot of people. They do think I'm from the Carolina. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, who, who I've always been around. Well, we won't like we won't go through the full like career retrospective uh, because a lot of people know your know where you've been, know what you've done. But I mean, I'm going to touch on a few bases to get to my what I what I want to achieve out of this podcast, uh, which is to show another side of of the Corey Hollis's brain when it comes to wrestling, the side that I get to see a lot more than uh, a lot of other people and uh, fans do. But uh, so the PWX, the uh, yeah, you started in. In Georgia, in Cornelia, right? Well, no, my first match was in Alabama. Like, uh, I mean, I trained here in Alabama. Oh, okay. Um, so when when did yeah. every? I mean, one one thing that a lot of people, one thing that a lot of people know about you is you were trained by AJ Styles. Well, I mean, mentored. Well, mentored. mentored. Okay. Playing hands on. Yeah, yeah. But he he had um, a hand. He had a hand in molding the Corey Hollis of today. Yeah, but that was yeah, but that was years after I was already wrestling. More oh, than okay. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, well, I mean, you you started getting your like feet wet in Cornelia, correct? And then, mm-hmm. yeah. And then to then to Evo, then to PWX, and then next thing you know, you you had, you're doing the Ring of Honor spots. Then yeah, I was actually already doing Ring of Honor before before I even came to the Carolinas. Gotcha. Did uh, yeah. now what what was your first take on Ring of Honor? Like the first time you ever went, it's completely different now than it was oh, back God, then. Yeah. Uh, well, like when I went, I was 
since end of 2010. I've only been wrestling about a year and a half. And then um, it was at OVW at the place in Louisville. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and back then, Delirious just took over because uh, uh, who was it? It was Pierce. Yeah, Pierce just left. Cornette and Delirious were taking over, and they got the Cornette had the connection with Louisville. So did that, and like at that time, when you're 20 years old, you you think you've made it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No matter, you, you know what I mean. You you got a TV match, and they go, oh, you're going out there. You got 10 minutes, and then right before we go out because the segment before us went too long, they're like, oh, now you only have four minutes. And when you're 20 years old, your first thing, first time ever doing TV. And you're getting cut that much time because the match before you went so long. Yeah. You're like, holy hell, what do you do? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I don't know that from experience. Uh, but, I mean, I've, I wrestled, yeah. when I wrestled, I did TV. But I know that from a production yeah. standpoint of how. Yeah, I mean, because we have to deal with that a lot now. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. But uh, it was just like, oh, my gosh. And then, so then you're just trying to get all your cool stuff in because you don't know any better. And you're just happy to be there because you think this is your moment and it's going to be your only moment. And then uh, then you go out there and you learn from those mistakes and then you go on to the next one, which, you know, ended up just being, I don't think the next two were TVs. I think they were just like house shows and that's before they filmed everything like they yeah. do now. Yeah. The the funny thing about, I was, I was going to say the funny thing about wrestling, but it's really the funny thing about just life in general is how you look back to spots like that and you think it was you were just amazed at the that taking that step of being on a platform yeah. that you never thought you would be on. And now well, also, dude, I'm coming from a town that literally in my graduating high school class was like 140 people. You know what I mean? And oh yeah. Well, I'm not saying going, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it to going, to take away from the opportunity in, in that moment in oh, life. Yeah. But now, now, now you look back and you see how far you've come and you you've done, I mean, you've done the NXT stuff. You've done the 205 live stuff. You've done the raw stuff. You've done so much in professional wrestling. Like I don't, I know people have their own systems of judging if a wrestler's career is successful or not. But yeah. I, like, I, I tell you this all the time and I'll, continue to tell you this all the time if you had to quit tomorrow and you look at your accolades that you've done throughout your career you've had a successful career like you've done yeah. you've done things that probably 70 percent of independent wrestlers will never get to do and you've done them multiple times yeah. you, you know what i mean but it's a, like i think every, when you were telling me about the ring of honor story it was making me think about uh, in 2007, in Richmond, Virginia, was my first time ever filming for Ring of Honor, and I filmed. And for those that don't know, I say I've said it a lot on the podcast, but I filmed for Ring of Honor from I believe it's 2007 to 2009. Uh, I stopped right when they got bought by Sinclair, and uh, yeah. and like I think about the first time I, ever, I was ever there, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm at Ring of Honor, like I'm working mm-hmm. with Ring of Honor right there's right there's Chris Hero right there's. Uh, Claudio, right, right. There's, oh my God, that's what Generico looks like. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so funny to think about now, considering like all the other opportunities that we that we've been granted and taken advantage of. Oh yeah, and and it's weird to think about like that too. But also at the same time, like now when I look about it, look back back 
at it, and it's like nine years ago, and I'm thinking, holy hell, you know, that yeah. that first thing has been nothing what Corey Hollis ended up being. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Do you still have the biker, biker trunks? No. Well, see, the thing was, is like, because, you know, I was listening to people, and they were suggesting, you should go, and you should be this, you should be this guy, you should wear this, and all mm-hmm. this. I wasn't even doing the bikers things when I was like, say, in before I got like a little bit of a dickhead and became, you know, okay, well, I'm gonna do this because I feel this is more me type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I was I was still in long tights. And oh, okay. That was, that was way I back when. I've never seen that. Yeah, I've seen pictures. I mean, like literally it. a year, a year and a half into the business. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. Was that so, through? Was that through Bill that you set that up? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, so uh, like outside of Ring of Honor, like I said, we won't take initial steps, but step by step by step of uh, yeah. of the career. But like the NXT stuff, and I, mm-hmm. I know because I like me and you and John were all friend, like really good friends, went through that whole thing, and I kept up with you. And we we didn't talk as yeah. much as we do now back then, but we still talked on the regular on a regular basis. So, like, I'm familiar yeah. with the NXT stuff and the opportunities that were granted there. But, uh, I mean, the coolest – what was the coolest thing about the NXT, about the little NXT run that you guys had? I think, well, the things that people really – not the whole world got to see was the live events and having the trust to go out there and go 12 to 15 minutes with some of the guys that are major superstars now. Yeah. That people – I mean, I know there's footage of it somewhere, but it was – you know what I mean? Yeah, because they film everything, don't they? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they filmed it all. But also, at the same time, it's just so, uh, you know, having that freedom to what, which is completely different than what you get to see on TV. Yeah, and, and it's it's yeah. a lot. Like, I know, and we won't get, like, shooting. I know you just did Zane's podcast, which if you, if you haven't heard it, I always tell people to go listen to Zane's podcast because I love it. But the extra talented wrestling po- wrestling podcast Corey was on last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, and like and and once I got done with it, I was like, man, we didn't even talk about like a lot of the big stuff that really happened. Yeah, it, yeah, it was like you just hit bullet points, and and yeah. one day I don't know, it will like I'm not gonna say we'll see how this podcast episode does, but one day me like me I plan on like me and you sitting down, me and John sitting down me and Cedric, if I can ever get Cedric to do, approve to do it, like in having like two-part long form where we go into career retrospective, you know, that's that's yeah, another yeah. grand plan with this Tuesday special. But I try not to keep it as wrestling-related, even though this one's going to be a lot wrestling-related because that's, that's a majority of our life uh, together. But so we, through all this, it comes to the point where I wanted to have you on the podcast and talk to you is you get to experience a lot. You mean you had you've had a conversation with Vince McMahon. You've had probably numerous conversations with uh Hunter, uh not Hunter, Delirious, uh yeah. Hunter Hurst Helmsley, uh Triple yeah. H. Uh this all of that all of that time in the ring, all of that uh observation through uh, NXT and Ring of Honor and WWE, uh you you learn. And you, if you're if you're a sponge like you're supposed to be, you take in uh, a lot of information, and uh, it's no secret. I guess it's, it might be secret to some of the PWX fans, but there's uh, you're you're part of the creative team for PWX, and yeah. 
that's with uh, a few other people, uh, including myself and, and uh, Brian, the owner, and Kevin Kelly. And like you, you become a, a voice in helping like the PWX uh, world because I've yeah. I've been doing it for a, a, so long, and we've had. Like uh, we've had uh, Zane and Caleb help us. I've, me and Brian have done it by ourselves. And this is the first time we've had like a full team. And it's not just like, hey, we just need you two guys to help us. Like what's, what's been your experience in that without giving up too much information? What's been your experience well, like, in, joining, also, in joining the creative also, team? Well I, well, I like, you know, in the beginning, it was, it was about probably about the halfway point through mine and John's feud is when I really got like, okay, this is where we're going with it. You know, you and these people are going to be a part of this. Let's go, let's, you know, let's start doing this and let's start making these meetings and figuring out what we want to do and what we want out of everything. And then after the feud ended, I'm taking a break for a while. And then, and that was just, you know, freshen myself up, you know, just not just, you know, character wise, but mentally, physically and everything else. And so, you know, I was more of the voice from what I saw on screen because I'm not at the shows. Yeah. You know, from from where I am to where the shows are is like sometimes anywhere from seven to nine hours, you yeah. know? And so, you know, I'm the voice that I don't get to see it until after it's up on, you know, on the high spot. And then I watch it and then I tell everybody my feedback and then, then we go from there. And then some of the bitching happens and then, some of the great, you know, oh, that, that was awesome. And then we go, and then we just carry on to the next one. Um, yeah. cause it, and that was like really hard, like hard because yeah, I was sitting at home, but you know, I needed that. Like physically, all, every, everything across the board, I needed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like also so hard because I am an integral part of the team, but, um, I wasn't there for what, nine, 10 months. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and that, and I, and that's not a lot of a thing a lot of people knew. And it was funny because people are like asking me how to get on and everything. I was like, I don't know, man, I'm not there. You yeah. Know? But like, and, but, you know, in reality, is, you know, I was like, you know, I was the mindset from what I saw from someone sitting at home. Yeah. And that's, and part of the reason whether you agreed with the, with the storyline at PWX or not. Uh, for those of you who are listening that have no idea about wrestling, PWX is the company that we work for out of the out of Charlotte, North Carolina. But uh, Corey and John had about a year-long feud uh, that is unheard of on the indies, and we got we did get fe- uh, like negative feedback from it because it's just taking too long. It's taking too long. But this this is why it's fun to uh, follow wrestling, and there's multiple. Uh, wrestling companies you can follow and just because one storyline is not working for you or not like tickling your feet or like just because one storyline is not working doesn't mean you can't pick up on another one that's going on in the company and like it but uh the when you have uh someone like kevin kelly who has done so much in this in this business and is probably the best uh wrestling commentator in the world right now uh, tell you that it was done to perfection and uh, you see the same I'm not making any a- accusations you see the same things that we spent a year building to and like me and Brian working with you and John uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, you see the same things happening on NXT television and in a bunch of other organizations. Uh, I mean, you, you have to think that I'm not saying they copied us. I'm just saying that somebody can see that just like we do with their, with their work. Somebody can see that mm-hmm. and be influenced by it. And that can cause a decision that is made that causes uh, cause and effect of a storyline uh, story that's like, similar to to what yeah, we've yeah. done. But yeah. uh, well, and, and the funny thing about it was, is I'm watching it, and I'm watching. I was watching it with my wife, and you know, she doesn't care anything really about wrestling, and oh, she yeah. sees it, and she goes, "That's exactly what y'all did." Yeah, I was like, "Yep." And I was like, "But what? What, what can we really say?" Because they have the production, they have all these other things that we don't have. And more eyes to be seen on it, so we don't have a dog in that fight. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, it's we, a we know we know we know who produced it, you know, and we mm-hmm. or we have a good feeling of who produced it, and you know, all right, okay, that's cool, you know, but in a, in a in an ego way, it is crappy, but also at the same time, it's like, okay, I get it, yeah, you know? and, and it move on, yeah, and it could be like pure, just out of nowhere. Oh, well, it just happened that way, but yeah. And I'm not, and like I said, this isn't to throw shade or to make accusations that we're not doing that. What what we did, I thought was very successful. What they did was amazing and very successful. And uh, what you can build on, and that's what we're doing now. And uh, I don't, and and I'll put this in the intro too. But I don't, I don't need PWX fans uh, sending sending me messages saying y'all don't need to do another year long. Listen, if we think it's right for business, and we think that. Uh, it's a story that creatively we want to tell and we can build from uh, for years and years uh, moving forward. Then we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do the story. We're gonna uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? We're going to raise that talent's bar even higher than it was. And fortunately, sometimes it takes a year to do that. And because well, and we, also too, also too, you got to look at it like this: when the blow off happened. It was one of the biggest houses that PWX had. Yeah, of course, and that's 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 you know old, I mean? that's an old so school, it, old school way so of has, doing business. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and the thing is, is like, and I, everybody knows I've probably preached about this on everything I've done so far, or any interview type thing recently. Is you know, the reason it worked is because I would I stayed true to the character. Um, yeah. Nobody saw Corey in real life. Everybody saw Corey Hollis, who's is the only thing that I allowed him to see. Yeah, it's uh, method acting. I think is what they call it. Yeah, but, uh, well, and but also, yeah, and every and, and people and people legitimately like think you're an ass. Yeah, and it's, and, and, and you know, and, and that's probably because I'm very well reserved, or I'm just shy, or I just you know I just don't like well. You know, what, I don't want to say I don't like people. I just don't like you know. Well, what people, yeah. what what a lot of people like fans overlook is you live eight hours away from yeah. Charlotte, and and you you don't fly. I mean, I don't, that's not uh, like we don't we don't fly you in. We we compensate you for for driving in. And at the end at the end of a show, you don't want to sit around and talk to people. You want to get paid and get out of here. And get home. Like, guess what? 
somebody's got to go to work on Monday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's you know? the, the yeah that the life goes on, and the next day will come in twelve hours. But it, it's. And, uh, but yeah, that's what that's what a lot of people when they make accusations or assumptions about uh, talent. That's I mean, that's the same thing from in from behind the curtain. Uh, if a talent, it used to be if a talent left before the main event was over, they'd get heat. Or for those of not in the wrestling business, they'd uh, people would be mad at them. People would have a bad opinion of them. But man, some of these people drive from Florida, and like if like if. Uh, Cruz or somebody uh, or Saiv or Beasley or somebody like that needs to get on the road at 9.30 as opposed to midnight, I have no problem with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, people got to remember, too, like, and I think what it is is also, too, a lot of the guys are in the Carolinas and, you know, they're friends with some of the fans. and society that we live in and everybody's overly entertained and everybody has to be, you know, in with someone um, and has to know everything. But also at the same time, it's, it's okay. I'm, I drive to Carolina mm-hmm. or North Carolina. Uh, I have to check my sugar. I have to help run a show. I have a match to worry about. I have to check my sugar after all that. Make sure I take my insulin, make sure I get food, get on the road, get enough sleep to where I can function the next day to where my sugar is not all through the roof to be able to go to work and do my job and be able to pay my bills and be able to come home and be a good husband. And on top, on, top so, of, on top of all of that, on show days, you're also a part of the creative team, so you have that other responsibility as well. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and plus, EWX isn't the only one that I'm on a creative team at now. You know? So yeah. So my mind is in a million different directions all at once, and and I'm very like now I've become very very forgetful on some things, and I don't even remember what I said probably two hours ago. You know, it's just. I mean, dude, that's, know, my, that's, that's just how my brain is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's just that's life when you start like getting crazy when it starts getting super busy is you don't yeah. remember anything. You probably, don't I mean, I made all these decisions myself. I took on all this to put on my plate and everything, but also at the same time too, it's, uh, you know, I don't have time to just sit and hang out with everybody after a show and talk about wrestling and then all this other stuff. I got to get home. Well, <laughs> you know? it, it reminds me of something that Kevin Kelly told me when me and her, when we first started working with uh, Kevin and he, and I was talking about, I think we were just sitting like in the office one day and he was, uh, or after a show, and we were talking, and I was like, man, I just got so much going on. And he goes, you know you know why people have so much going on? There's two reasons. It's one, you, you either can't say no, or you're good enough at what you do that you've created multiple opportunities for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, uh, I, I used to have the problem, I've said this numerous times, I used to have the problem that I wouldn't say no to anybody and I wanted to please everyone. But now that uh, little man's here, I do say no a lot more than I used to, uh, because that's that's priority number one. But uh, but yeah, so I think, like in my opinion of knowing you and knowing the opportunities that you have in front of you, I think that you are just good at what you do, and that's why the opportunities have arisen, and that's why you have a lot of stuff on your plate right now. Yeah, yeah, and and 
like literally I got home last night from a show and I wake up this morning and, you know, the buzz of the wrestling world that will be going on in the next few weeks mm-hmm. is, you know, a big part of what I've been involved in, especially with this week. Um, and so I'm and, and we're getting ready for the next big thing that's going to be happening. So, you know, I get home, I wake up, I drink my coffee, I eat my breakfast, I watch something with my wife and my phone's going off about all that. And then also too, my phone's going off about my real life work. So, you know, there's, so sometimes it is very, very hard to balance and and micromanage my life in a sense of, you know, being able to control everything all at once. Cause you know, you never know what's going to be the next thing coming towards you. Yeah. I'm, dude, I understand. You're preaching to the choir. I understand completely. Oh, I know. The um, so is it? Can we talk about what happened last night? Yeah. You, or and this will this yeah. this will be yeah. I just, I just want to make sure they're okay with it. This will this will be released yeah. this Tuesday. This it's Sunday right now. So it happened two nights ago, yeah. correct? On Friday night. Yeah, yeah. So on Friday night, uh, what Corey's uh, talking about is at Southern Honor Wrestling in Georgia. They have mm-hmm. uh, they had Cody and Pharaoh there, Cody's dog, Cody Rhodes, and uh, to help promote the Double or Nothing pay per view. And then Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega came out at the end, uh, two of the probably the top stars in professional wrestling today. Uh, big brawl. I've seen I've seen it on video. You can find it on I think uh, like you told me, and I looked it up. Southern, so, yeah, Southern Honor put it out like the official video from their production crew. Um, the There's a lot of fan videos that made their way on online that you can find anywhere and everywhere on social media and with wrestling news sites. So how, why, like, first off, uh, like I've, I've met Cody uh, numerous times. Cody's <laughs> such a nice and nice and respectful guy and uh, so down to earth. But I've never met Jericho. I've met Kenny a few times. Kenny, Kenny's, Kenny's, uh, he's a weird one, but he's uh, cool. super nice. Like, don't don't take anything away from him there. Uh, super nice, super cordial. Uh, just a little strange. Uh, he's 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 what I call the artist the artist mentality. If there's anybody that <laughs> understands, if you've ever met an artist and they're very passionate about their work and they're very passionate about their uh, character and what they do. And every like every second of the day of their character, that's Kenny Omega. And uh sounds like a bunch of us right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so how was it working with Jericho and Kenny in all in this whole oh, man, this whole thing? Cool, it, it was cool because it was like so easy and it was so giving in a sense of not a lot of people knew what was gonna happen until it happened and as it would happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, I remember. I remember when, when I watched it. Like when we talked the next day, and I watched it, and I called you. I said, "It looked. It looked like a cluster," which is, I, I kind of feel like that's what it was made to look like. Like it wasn't planned. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it took like a little too long for everything. Everything to evolve. Like it took too long for. Uh, it took too long for Jericho to come out. It took too long for or like he beat on that the the guy like probably a minute too long. It seemed kind of awkward at times. But then you told me like they didn't they didn't tell anybody. They didn't want anybody to know. It was very very secretive. Uh, but kept a secret so we could they could make it uh, 
uh, crazy moment like like it was. So then I understood. Yeah. I kind of understood why why it took so long for everything to evolve because now you, nobody knows their cues and nobody knows when to go out and blah blah blah. But no, it was uh, it was it was a fun brawl. It was a fun pull apart. In my it opinion, was chaos. yeah. And, and I feel like, and the thing is, is everybody's talking about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's all. That's all you need. If, that's and then if it, you, if you it win. wasn't good, nobody be talking. Everybody would have already forgotten about it. Yeah, you know. And it's since we're like rush, you know, I don't want to say Russian, but, um, you know, what what do we got to do to keep that buzz? You know what I mean? And so it's a pretty cool, it's a cool challenge. It's fun and everything. And, you know, I, if you think about it in the big retrospective of it all, mm-hmm. it's just good business all yeah. across the board. And, and, and it's something that doesn't happen everywhere or anything like that. And to be able to be a part of that, it just makes it even that more special. Yeah, and and it, and it was special, and it garnered a ton of attention for Southern Honor, who is a fairly newer independent promotion in Georgia. But uh, yeah, and I've only for three months. Yeah, and it's and it's it's cool that you. I mean, I've seen the pictures of you with uh, Jericho beside of you. I mean, that's just cool, and and also it's it's good to be in the position to where you're like rubbing elbows with those guys that have. Uh, the potential to create opportunity for you at AEW. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, everybody knows who my best friend is mm-hmm. and, and I'm not, and, you know, I've had this conversation with you. I'm not going to beg for a job because yeah. that's not how yeah. I want to get in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to get in at my own merit, you know, and I understand people are like, Oh, well it's all about who you know and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, I get that. And I understand, but I want, I want to be able to have, be able to go in and have anywhere. It could be anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, wherever I do, or if I ever get the opportunity to end up somewhere making a living doing this, which should be everybody's goal and the goal to be a top guy. Uh, I want to be able to have that trust and wherewithal to be able to be given the opportunity, to have the reason of the opportunity that I'm given. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I, t- I used to tell people, or I still tell people, uh, knowing someone can get you a job, uh, them yeah. the company a company having faith in you is what makes you successful at that job. So yeah. anybody can get a job because they know somebody, but in order to be very yeah. successful at said job, you somebody uh, in the higher ups or the the powers to be has to have some sort of faith or trust or belief in your ability for you to be successful, especially in professional wrestling. Because, yeah, because exactly. You, and, just because you're on a roster doesn't mean you're going to get an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's no secret. You know, everybody, I mean, perception, like I've said a million times, was real. You know, everybody thought that me and John were close to, you know, having a full-time gig somewhere. And, that, yeah. and the, a lot of this, uh, you know, the structure and the foundation of the storyline were on a lot of those truths. Um. And the thing is, is looking back now, I'm glad some of those things didn't happen because then I wouldn't have the opportunity to find out who I am now as a performer. Yeah. And uh, the road that I've taken now to get to where I am has taught me so much more than when I was doing all that NXT and WWE stuff. And, uh, you know, best way I can say it is 
the reason they didn't hire us is probably because they already had another. They already had a team like us, the Revival. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, yeah. I'm not going to go to someone and be like, hey, man, can you, you know. I mean, they told us, you know, opportunities were going to happen. Opportunities did happen. And, and they did a lot with us that they wouldn't have done with a bunch of other people. Yeah. And so in that sense, that, that is taking an investment into us in a different way than they take investments into people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's always a good rapport to have with them. Uh, but also at the same time, the way I look at it is you don't want to pigeonhole yourself to take everything as soon as you, as soon as it's handed to you and, and be pushed against the wall and be like, that's what I'm going to be labeled as for the rest of my career. Because there's certain things that I have goals in my mind, and doing that isn't going to get me where I want to be 10 to 15 to 20 years from now being able to provide for my family. Yeah. the uh, I think the biggest thing that people need to take out of what you just said is that if you feel like there's an opportunity and it ends up not working out in any type of career, it's it's yeah. just it's just you biding your time for the for the right time to take advantage of an opportunity. So yeah, exactly. yeah if you if if you have a job interview for the your, for a job that you've always wanted and you don't get it, then uh, get better at what you're doing, like work harder, and that opportunity will will come back. And if it doesn't, you're going to be successful in something else if you continue to work hard and continue to. To do try like not, I don't want to say try your best. That's very elementary. But if you continue to bust your ass to to make it happen, yeah. Well, also too, I the way I look at it is now. I mean, it's such a so much smaller scale than what we were doing with the people that we were talking to within the confines of the WWE or you know NXT. Yeah. But also at the same time too, it's like I wouldn't if being what I know now about how businesses. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have hired me back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, too, I, I I try to, like, not dwell on it too much. It's, in a way, I see it as a big push, and it's just a, a different path to get to where I eventually want to be. Yeah. I, if, if I was given the opportunity, what would I be doing now if I was still there? That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah. Would I be, would I be just a guy that's there hanging out every week? And, you know, still being able to provide for my family, but that doesn't also necessarily mean mentally and emotionally you're happy. Yeah, um, there's, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot that people don't understand that plays into uh, being a professional wrestler or an artist where you, you wanting to enhance your skills or even showcasing your skills is a big part, is more, as big of a part, if not more of a part, than the money involved. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like people, people will hear when, uh, like people like Sammy, I'll use Sammy Callahan as an example. I love Sammy. And when he left, uh, WWE, everybody criticized him. And of course we know he's done well for himself now, uh, a few years later, but like, I remember talking to him and, and him saying like, I just, I wanted to wrestle and yeah. I, I went to class every day. I went to, I mean, I don't want to put words. So this isn't quoted, but I went to class every day. I, I did what I was supposed to do, and I just wasn't getting the opportunities I thought I should get. So I f- yeah. figured that the opportunities, same with Hero, uh, I figured the opportunities would be out out there outside of this this WWE bubble, 
and then I can go enhance my skills, maybe probably possibly make more money, but I'll be able to wrestle every weekend. And yeah. that's, well, that's it's not all about money all the time. Also, too, you got to look at yourself as a brand in your own business and where yeah. you want to go with that. Thank you. You know, and and I don't think a lot of guys get that. They just live in the moment of the now and they look at it as an art form and being a performer. And but they don't also understand what it, it what it's going to take for longevity to set in. And, and that's the secret to all of this is being able to contain longevity and still be at the top for so long. Oh, it's it's and, the same you know, thing. Like it's the same thing as owning a business. Yeah, it's the same oh, concept. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, running a business. Yeah, know? yeah. When we, it's. Uh, like in, I've owned a few businesses and I still do, but uh, like when I owned my apparel company, the it was not. I mean, it was hard, but it wasn't extremely difficult to get a buzz about the company. It wasn't extremely difficult to sell shirts at the beginning when you were hot, when you were the new commodity that people loved or that people wanted to wanted to support. But after about six or eight months, when when the honeymoon period wore off, and and everybody had gotten your new shirt or your your shirts that you debuted, and now you're trying to get them to buy other apparel, it, that's where the difficult part comes in. And yeah. and, I, and I'm not saying that you come out of training and you get get a big push and you get you get this superstardom where you're traveling all over the world, but when when like people start bringing you places. Or you start getting these crazy opportunities. It's about making sure that you're you're that if they pay you X amount of money, you need to draw this many people so they'll bring you back. When you well, and also and also too, the biggest problem I feel like it what's becoming is uh, quantity over quality has become the normal of the business. Yeah, and and that's just anywhere because everybody just wants to be able to do something but also at the same time uh, you know excuse me for saying this but don't whore yourself out yeah in a sense of don't take everything that is handed to you just for the sake of doing it and and that's what like what I was saying earlier goes back to I could wrestle every weekend I could or I could wrestle probably four or five times a week if I really wanted to yeah but am I going to make money and pay bills that I got to have and be able to and the things that I need to just live, no, I'm not going to be able to do it. And just because they can get someone not, nowhere near as experienced and nowhere near as good for a lot cheaper, that would just be happy to be a part of the team. Yeah. And Well, it's uh, like there's – like if anybody that's a wrestler that's listening to this podcast needs, needs to follow Bob Evans on Facebook. He does these little uh, – Bob's, I don't know what they're called. Like, uh, he does, he does seminars everywhere. Uh, and he's just, he's, he makes so, such good points, uh, in his, in his stuff. But if, like, who, like, just put it like, use this analogy, for example. If I could work three jobs and work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday and make $500. Or I could find one good job or two good jobs where I just work Friday and Saturday and make $600. Which one am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? 
So don't 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 put don't put your body through what we have to put our bodies through for free. Yeah, and, we are going to have an eventual price for it. Yeah, and that that's always been one of the uh, one of the downfalls of uh, like immature minds in wrestling. And I'm not saying immature, saying that they that they need to grow up. I'm saying immature is like they just don't understand because when you're young. And you're in your twenties, and you think you're indestructible. The probably the best word for that is naive. Yeah. Um, okay. And, yeah. And, and unexperienced because they just don't they just don't know and they haven't been told. Yeah. And then and then when you hit because, when you because you know what because somebody smart a lot smarter than them than them took their money and said okay I got out what I needed out of you now go figure it out. Yeah. I mean it's not it's not a, it's not a very like pleasurable business. Or a very uh, like uh, God fearing business. How many times have I called you? How many times have I called you and said, "Man, I just wish it was a requirement for people getting into wrestling to have to go to one semester of business school." Yeah. Well, now it's it's completely different than when me and you were coming up in wrestling. Like now, you can. There's so many different than three years ago. Well, there's always going to be different. There's so many avenues of revenue in wrestling now. Yeah. That. With pro wrestling tees, I remember when I was coming up and I wanted to make a shirt. We either you either screen printed your not screen printed, bought those little transfers from Walmart and did your own design and printed out backwards to put on your shirt, or you had to order twenty five shirts for like two hundred and forty bucks and hope you sold three of them or four of them. Yeah, you never made your money back. Like now, people can just set up a website, have have a fan design a shirt go put it up and just say, oh, this person designed it and they don't have to pay any royalties to them and then make, make a ton of money off selling a shirt on pro wrestling tees. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's incredible. Yeah. Like you make pins, you make, I mean, there's, it's, it's crazy. And that's, that's, that comes back to what I was saying is it's like running a business. So you, there's, you don't always have to, and it falls back on like we, what me and you were just talking about uh, in the sense of not, you don't have to work so much. Like find the places that are worth working that pay you the best and work for them until you get another opportunity that's going to pay you equal that or more. And mm-hmm. and then in the meantime, you can sell you sell a few t-shirts, sell a few buttons, sell a few eight by tens, and make a little bit more money there as opposed to driving ten hours to BFE uh, like West Virginia to to wrestle for yeah. ten minutes in front of ten people. And make make a yeah. like a fraction of what you should be making. Yeah, and, and and I get it, you know. Well, also to to that point, and I and I'm just looking at it from a devil's advocate point of mm. view of of everything. And from what the argument would be is, well, I want to get better and get exposure. Everybody gets exposure now because every everything can be seen because of a t- freaking cell phone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and and, that, and that's the thing too. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. Nobody knew what. A lot, a lot of people have heard of Southern Honor, and but now because of this, the production that they have, the yeah. resources that they have, now everybody knows it. So, and a lot of the talent used there, you know, are Georgia guys that are wrestling in Georgia every weekend, and they're wrestling the same people over and over, and they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. But this is what's gonna, in a way legitimize them because they were just in a ring with two of the toppest guys in the world. And yeah. that's how that all becomes good business across the whole board. I agree. 
And like we're we're quickly running out of time. We're about fifty minutes, so I, we're going to end with this piece. Uh, I know, like you, you're a big fan of WCW. Yeah, and I know this because you you text me uh, vintage WCW shirts that are being sold on eBay all the time. To yeah. a either see if I can get it from high spots or b ask my opinion of how much you should spend to get this shirt. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And so the landscape of wrestling now, we can you, we can take it any any way. We can take it WWE. We can go AEW. Uh, we can go Impact Wrestling. Uh, we can, I mean, we or we can do all three. But what do you mm-hmm. think each of those need? If we're if we're going to do all three, what do you think each of those need? Uh, like just, I mean, you don't have to get into full like full detail. Uh, like, what's something they can do to improve their business? Uh, in a sense of impact or WWE, and what do you think AEW needs to make sure they need to keep an eye on or do to establish a successful wrestling company and maintain their uh, success? I think across the board is finding your identity everywhere. I mean, I mean WWE is WWE. They're the they're Bottom and Bailey of wrestling. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and no matter what happens, that wheel is going to keep spinning. No matter, it, it's it's always going to be around. Uh, and, and this goes all the way across down the whole board. Um, don't overexpose too much. And this is not just with them; it's the indies. It's everything. Don't overexpose yourself too much. Bring back, you know, the mystery of who the characters are. Bring back the mystery of. Do those people really hate each other? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not a lot of that anymore. It's uh, and and the thing is, that stuff still does work. As much as everybody wants to crap on it, and it doesn't all have to be the same form formula or whatnot or the same type of what people think is that's how it's being booked or whatever. It's I think the biggest thing missing now is, uh. And I got this just out of watching a documentary not too long ago, and it wasn't even on wrestling. There's no more superstars in our society. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's there's no one that is larger than life anymore. Do you remember the name of this documentary? Everybody, huh? Do you remember the name of the documentary? I'll text it to you because it's very controversial right okay. now. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I'd like, I mean, with just with that statement, I'm interested in watching that documentary just to get see what the mindset of the documentary is. But I'm sorry, carry on. Well, it's just like, let me add this. It, like, I feel like you're explaining it. It's just like the ma- the magic trick of uh, putting uh, putting a na- like a napkin in your hand and making it disappear. Old, oldest yeah. tri- like oldest trick in the book. Uh, have every, every magician knows it and has done it, but it still works. To this yeah. day, it'll still blow people's minds. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is... Uh Going back to that whole nobody's bigger than superstar thing, and I'm not saying there's not ever going to be another Stone Cold, there's not ever going to be another Rock or Hulk Hogan or John Cena, whatever your argument, people's arguments are going to be for that. Just overall, as you know, like in like life, like and yeah, just in life, movie stars, musicians—they're all just people. And the way they even, the way they even promote themselves. I was watching, I think we were watching the Billboard Awards a couple of days ago. And they were talking, and every artist that accepted something is like, share each other's music. It's like, but that doesn't, that doesn't make you a superstar. Yeah. 
There's, there's, if does it, that make sense? Yeah, if social media has done anything, it's personalized everyone. Exactly. And the thing is, too, I mean, say what you want and everything, but like, it's so weird to me that The Undertaker is using Twitter. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like this. Like, Alex Rodriguez does these little vlogs. I'm a big vlog person on YouTube now, like Casey Neistat, if you know who that is. Uh, uh, like Alex Rodriguez does one and I watched one like a few weeks back where they were going to like the Emmy Awards or uh, some kind of like Oscars or something if that's a, I don't even that might be the same thing but uh, and it shows like it, it goes throughout their whole day of like them getting ready yeah. him brushing his teeth him shaving him putting his thing on him them having to drive to a party before and meeting his parents and then going to the thing and then going to the after party and I was like I remember back in the day, I'd be like, oh, I bet that that is ridiculous their whole day. And it's so extravagant. Yeah. So this and that. And now I just watched it on YouTube for a five-minute vlog. And it's just well, like, there's no... I, 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 I listened to another podcast last week because, uh, uh, you know, what I was doing with all of last week. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. With work. But also at the same time, I, so I had a lot of time. And I was listening to a podcast. It was Jimmy Jacobs' new podcast and he had... Uh, Daniel Bryan on it, and they were talking about how society now is overly entertained. And I was like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100% society is overly entertained because you can access whatever you want and there's no anticipation for anything anymore. And that that's, that's how I feel like the magic is gone. It's because no matter what, we can see whatever we want to see at the click of a button. And it's right all under our thumb at all times. And when it's that way, it's it's very, very hard to keep it. And when, and when there is moments like a big event and everybody craps on it just because they're overly entertained and they criticize it because there's, you know, we, I, you know how I talk about content's key, content's key yeah. and getting content out there is king and all that stuff. But also at the same time, you don't want to put too much content out Yeah, because once you do, You've oversaturated your market and everything else. Yeah, because then, then if thing. you if you create the expectation of content every three seconds, and after about a year, you don't have enough content to give them every three seconds, then you're failing at your own at what you've created. Well, the attention span of just society is totally different. Yeah, you know, like people don't, you know. People still watch, go to the movie theater, and they they still ride on an anticipation ride. People mm-hmm. still watch what is the big show, Game of Thrones, and they still go through an anticipation ride. With wrestling, is so is totally different because we have become way too human, and we as a whole business have put too much of ourselves out there just to become mainstream. Yeah. And, and and the way that you think about all, all of that, I feel, I don't know, I just feel everybody is always going to over-critique and be like, uh, in, in, in a way, we do it to ourselves as performers because there's so many times I get in a car ride back and I think, oh man, if we just nicked, if we just did this slight one little change, that whole reaction would have been totally different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I know exactly people, what you're about. yeah, and people just you know they're overly entertained in the sense of 
they can have whatever they want whenever they need it and to get that instant gratification and that's what people want people aren't we because we live in a sensitive world right now where nobody wants to be hated at all you yeah. know and, it, and trust me when when we were going through my big thing how many times would i tell you it's like oh man i can't i i I want to delete. I want to delete social media so bad because, dude, all these people are saying all these bad things about me. And but also at the same time, I know I'm doing my job right. Yeah, that's the big thing. No. Well, it's. And, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's your show. The, I appreciate that. The, <laughs> uh, it. I was thinking about this the other day, as it might have been after after a conference call. We. Like, is there anything more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like more putting yourself out there with no safety net than being an artist or, or produce or being a producer or something, uh, like in the creative field, because I, like pertaining mm-hmm. to wrestling, pertaining to music, like you, you think you have a song, you create the song, you think it's good, but there's no justification to your time, effort or money spent until well, all of that the success of all of that is based on the reaction of the public. Yeah. So also two people are always fishing for compliments and are fishing for information. Yeah. So we will work together to put together an angle or to work together to put, bring somebody in and like a lot of, so much time goes into it. So much money goes into it. So much, uh, like hard work goes into making it happen. You have all of that. And, all of it could be for nothing if the if the public or the fan base don't take it don't receive it well or don't receive it the way you think they will receive it does that make sense yeah it's it's, exactly. a, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy way to make a living it's a crazy way like just a crazy thing like in in the universe of that, well, let me that, ask you that. When, do you, when do you think and, it, and I don't want it to be something that you're emotionally connected to but as a business of just wrestling when is the last time you've been anticipating something but also at the same time so surprised about it um I want like not to give WWE props but I really didn't think they were going to put Kofi over I, I'm like I had a feeling they would, but well, like I, I'm, and it might. And, and I don't want to go. I don't want to go to this because this is an emotionally thing. But I'm thinking about it as as how the business has evolved from it. Oh yeah. Oh, I love. I love the fact that they did it. Absolutely love the yeah. fact that they did it. But on on the other side of it, that like Daniel Bryan had had been doing very well, making himself a heel with the like tree hugger gimmick and stuff like that. But he would be an ultimate heel if he would have screwed Kofi Kingston out of the title at yeah. WrestleMania. So like well, so you have to look at it from, I, I think what that is is trust within what was left for the show. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, it's but like what I was trying to say earlier, uh before you rudely cut me off. I apologize. <laughs> This is my podcast now. <laughs> uh, the last time, like, I think something that's a shock to 
talk the business from the WWE standpoint of it all because I mean that's what we're talking about as the mega thing of everything. Yeah, is when AJ showed up at the Rumble, and I'm not saying that because I knew it was happening or in the world of oh, pretty yeah. much knew it was happening. That's true. But when it still happened, everybody was talking about it because everybody was shocked. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and it was still one of those things that the next night on Raw, a lot of people tuned in to see what he was doing. Yeah. And it was, I mean, even though he just had a match, but still, that's what people were talking about. You know? And 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 think about since how he's got there, how a lot of things have, of the whole landscape of how that company works has changed. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It, it's definitely been a successful run for AJ. And I think his success has opened the door up for a lot of other people in that company. Yeah, because, I mean, before him... Even though some of the guys that got there were, you know, quote unquote small guys, he's smaller than those guys that made it before him. And another thing about AJ that I think a lot of people overlook is I think AJ made WWE comfortable with, uh, like, referencing Impact or TNA. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, because you can't tell a story without telling yeah. it or I mean, talking about it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, before we wrap up, give me like I think I don't, I don't care what anybody else's opinion is. I think Impact is doing what they need to do to be more successful. I don't know about the TV. Pro- I'm not gonna lie. I haven't watched any. Oh, I don't. I don't really watch it, but I know I've seen what they do, and they like partner with independent companies, and uh, they have that the the ridiculous place in Toronto that they run TV and pay per views from. And it's like I, I feel like they're they're on they're making the right steps to to be, rebuild that brand. But what I'm really interested yeah. in is like with AEW because like we and you've had numerous discussions about AEW, and this has nothing to do with the fact that you were with Jericho and and Cody and Omega uh, like two days ago. But I like I have my opinions. They don't. They're not here to hear my opinions. I want your opinion of what what Tony Khan and AEW need to do to like I feel like they've already started successful with the success of All In and the uh hopefully the success of the Double or Nothing pay-per-view in May or the 25th I believe uh yeah but what do you think that, like what do you think is there is a key component to their uh the longevity of success uh with with identity. the company identity I do yeah, identity, uh, and nobody knows what it's going to be until after the show happens. Yeah, and and, it, and even then, nobody's really going to know. And you know, I've talked to you about like the business side of things that you know I've heard and you know I've figured out or I've gathered mm-hmm. of certain things. But uh, you know, it, it in these next two years, the whole business is going to change again. Yeah, and I, I know I can one hundred percent comfortably say that it's just it's it's going to change again in two years, uh, and that's coming from someone that's very very important right now. Yeah. So you know, it's very very hard to really say one hundred percent exactly what it is to keep that finger on the pulse because you. If you're aware that that pulse is about to change a different beat and yeah. go into a different rhythm, mm-hmm. you have to start thinking, well, what is it going to be? And then you got to get in rhythm with that pulse. And and that's very hard to think about and predict and determine and look into the future and see. It's just, 
it's a roller coaster ride, and I want to, you know, hold on, you know. Yeah, and it's gonna be fun. Time, yeah, exactly. And also at the same time, we live in a world right now where there's there can be so much money that can be made for the boys and for their families and and the girls and their families, and then that's just not that's just not the performers, but the people from the production, the promoters, yeah. and everything else. Uh, you know, keeping your nose to the ground, being smart business folks, and uh, just rolling with the punches. But also at the same time, think about the what ifs and what can and could not happen and may or may not happen. And yeah. be realistic about those type of predictions, especially at the level that we are. We have a little bit more freedom to control a little bit of what we decide what we want to do. But when it comes to the grand scheme of things, because we're not involved in that, you know, per se yet, or hopefully, who knows, we may never. Um, it's hard to predict that when that's very close to the vest, but also at the same time, too, them keeping it close to their vest is going to change again, and it's going to change again. Yeah. If, if one thing I can tell you from all my experiences, so many things change so many times and never go as what you originally thought they were going to go. Gotcha. Well, Corey, yeah. I appreciate you joining me for the podcast. I got you out of here before Game of Thrones comes on. Don't watch that. Uh, but <laughs> come on. I like good TV shows. Oh, come on. Come on. There's your, uh, you got so, your heat back after a, after a pretty sentimental episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's figure out me having a podcast where I crap on everybody. Yeah, the Ron Burgundy esque podcast of professional wrestling. If anybody we'll uses, it, if anybody Corey, steals it, Corey. this is the first time anybody's ever heard of it. So don't steal the well, idea. Uh, no, I, I like the idea of Corey Hollis presents piss off. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll mail you the audio equipment down so you can record it on uh, your okay, computer. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we can please. just do it like this. We'll do it like Conrad and. And the other guy. <laughs> which it depends which guy. <laughs> I think all of them do it like that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they all do it. Through, well, we're we're using an Uber conference, but they they use Skype, I believe. Just move to Birmingham, dude. Just tell, why don't you, let's get Conrad on board with this. Oh, uh, I I've, I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just a surefire way for him to like motivate us to the point of nausea. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, you you always instigate this, uh, and you get mad at me when I don't do it. So I'll end it with saying, Corey, I love you, and I will see you next weekend. All right, bud. All right, bud. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Special Podcast. Find all of our old episodes at TuesdaySpecials.com. That's TuesdaySpecial.com. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right, thank you. Yeah.